Welcome back to Wasatch Channel. My name is Anton Vjeltsin. I'm an attorney in the Southern District of California here in San Diego. If you've been paying attention to my channel, you've noticed that in the last few weeks, we focused on what constitutes a seizure of a person under the Fourth Amendment, particularly in the context of vehicular stops. And today, we're going to look at the case that answers the question whether a seizure occurred when police officers parked their patrol car within a few feet of the defendant's vehicle in a narrow parking lot, and then shine their takedown spotlight on that vehicle. And before we go on, I want to thank all of you who've been calling and inquiring whether I can take your case in state or federal courts. As a reminder, I take both state and federal cases in California and Nevada. I have over a decade of experience handling all sorts of cases. And I'm, of course, a member of the CGA panel here in the Southern District of California. So feel free to give me a call and I'm happy to consult you on your case or at least point you in the right direction. And for those of you who are simply watching me on YouTube and enjoying my videos, please hit that subscribe button. If you're listening to the podcast version of this recording on Audible or Spotify, please give my podcast a five-star rating. And finally, if you want to support this channel, consider going to lostash.com and purchase some of my merch, including the Do Not Arrest This Person t-shirts. Thanks for watching. Quick message from Lostash. Are you charged with a crime? Or do you want to know your rights if stopped by police? Watch California attorney Anton Vjeltsin discuss legal cases from the Supreme Court, Ninth Circuit, and California State Courts on the Lostash YouTube page. Anton has handled hundreds of federal and state criminal cases, has an in-depth knowledge of the law, and has the best mustache ever. Subscribe to the Lostash YouTube page. That's L-A-W-S-T-A-C-H-E. Today we'll be discussing DC Circuit case United States versus Delaney, and it deals with a seizure of a person. But first, let me give you some factual background. On December 31st, Officer Willis and Buchholz were patrolling residential area that was specifically focusing on New Year's Eve celebratory gunfire and other related crimes. Shortly after midnight, they heard multiple gunshots coming from different directions. As they drove around, they stopped in an alley trying to see if the gunfire was coming from that area. They didn't see anyone there, no vehicles, no people, but while standing around, they heard seven to eight gunshots coming from multiple directions, and these gunshots were very close by. So the officers got back into their vehicle and drove around trying to locate the sound. Now, the next information is very important, and it comes from the case directly because I'd like to read to you the exact quotes as the officers testified on the stand. The officer said that after driving for approximately one minute, reversing direction, and turning a few times, they pulled into a narrow parking lot. Activating the cruiser's takedown light, a spotlight that enables them to better observe the area, the officers encountered a line of parked cars. A jeep that was backed into the adjacent building or cement block was occupied by two individuals. Delaney was the driver of the vehicle and Bowler was in the passenger seat. As the officers drove in, they saw Delaney and Bowler begin to kiss one another intensely. 
the officers stopped their cruiser near the parking lot entrance, more than three feet away from the nose of the Jeep. Although the marked police car did not completely block the Jeep from exiting the parking lot, it would have taken some maneuvering and number of turns for the Jeep to get out of the parking lot. This was something that the officers later testified. The officers then exited their cruiser and approached the Jeep with their weapons holstered. As they approached the vehicle, both officers later testified that they observed neither of the passengers make any furtive gestures. As Willis reached the Jeep's passenger side window, Delaney and Bowler stopped kissing and raised their hands. Willis then asked if they heard any gunfire. Now, it is not clear which of the passengers answered this, but one of them said something to the effect, we were just kissing. Now, the officer then acknowledged that that's what he saw, and there was no more discussion as to the gunfire. Now, one of the officers then walked away from the vehicle and with the flashlight tried to look around the property while Willis questioned the passengers. When Buchhold returned, he asked Delaney to pop the door real quick, to which Delaney replied, you got it. Buchhold then opened the door himself and shouted, he's got one, 95, indicating to his partner Willis that there was a firearm inside the vehicle. After a short scuffle, they arrested Mr. Delaney. A subsequent search of the vehicle revealed that there was a firearm underneath the driver's seat and spent casings around the vehicle and inside the driver side and the passenger side of the vehicle. Now, Mr. Delaney was then indicted by the grand jury as being felon in possession of a firearm because Mr. Delaney had a prior felony. This is a violation of section 922 G1. Now, Mr. Delaney later argues that the seizure was illegal under the Fourth Amendment and the evidence that's found, namely the firearm, has to be suppressed and cannot be used against him in trial. But first, let's discuss what is a seizure under the Fourth Amendment. The Fourth Amendment protects citizens against unreasonable searches and seizures. A Fourth Amendment seizure occurs when physical force is used to restrain the movement or when a person submits to an officer's show of authority. A show of authority sufficient to constitute a seizure occurs where the police conduct would have communicated to a reasonable person that he was not at liberty to ignore the police presence and go about his business. Or put another way, where a reasonable person would have believed that he was not free to leave. In making the determination, courts consider the totality of circumstances, including whether the suspect was physically intimidated or touched, whether the officer displayed a weapon, wore a uniform, or restricted the defendant's movement, the time and place of the encounter, and whether the officer's use of language or tone of voice indicated that compliance with the officer's request might be compelled. Although the Fourth Amendment generally requires the officers to have probable cause and a warrant in order to seize an individual, under Terry v. Ohio, all the officers need is reasonable suspicion that criminal activity is afoot to briefly detain an individual. So here, the first question becomes, at what point was Mr. Delaney seized? The district court 
found that the seizure occurred when Buchholz ordered Delaney to open the driver's side door. Delaney, on the other hand, says that the seizure occurred much earlier, namely when the officers parked their cruiser within a few feet of the Jeep and when Delaney submitted to that show of authority. Now, to look whether the person submitted to the show of authority, we can look at a number of factors. First, the officers parked their cruiser a little over three feet away from the nose of the Jeep, such that the Jeep could not leave and would need to make a number of maneuvers in order to get out, get out of the parking lot. Second, upon entering the parking lot, the officers directed their cruiser's takedown light on the Jeep. Now, this is done to have um, to protect the officers, but it is also done to blind the individuals who are in the vehicle and disorient them so they don't leave. And finally, the time and place of the encounter is also indicative of the stop and seizure. This is done at night in a dark parking lot. The officers later testified they encountered Mr. Delaney in this particular parking lot that was narrow in size, it was dark outside. This is after midnight on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve. Taken together, the court says, when the officers conduct pulling in the narrow parking lot at night, taking their takedown light on the Jeep, and most importantly, parking their cruiser within a few feet of the Jeep nose amounted to a show of authority. What would have communicated to a reasonable person in Delaney's position that he was not at liberty to ignore the police presence and go about his business. Of course, no reasonable person would leave that situation. He's essentially being blocked in in this narrow parking lot. So now that we have established that there was a stop, we also have to see whether the person actually submitted to the show of authority. Now, in order to answer that question, we have to look at what the person was doing prior to the encounter with the police. In Brenlin, the case that I've discussed earlier in my channel, you can search for it, the Supreme Court explained that what amount to submission depends on what a person was doing before the show of authority. A fleeing man is not seized until he's physically overpowered, but one sitting in a chair may submit to a show by getting up and not running away. Now, in this situation, Delaney did not get out of the car. And because he didn't get out of the car, he essentially submitted to the show of authority. If he would have ran, well, that would have been a different story. With the timing of the seizure established, we know that Mr. Delaney was in fact seized at the moment the officers drove into the narrow parking lot and essentially blocked him in. The next question becomes whether they had reasonable suspicion at that particular moment. Remember, if they have reasonable suspicion that criminal activity is afoot, they can briefly detain Mr. Delaney. And to summarize, soon after hearing nearby gunfire, the officers encountered the Jeep's occupants in close vicinity to where the officers estimated the gunshots. The officers saw no one else before coming across the Jeep and witnessed the Jeep occupants engage in odd but non-evasive behavior. Although such evidence surely indicates that criminal activity was afoot broadly under Terry v. Ohio, it raises no suspicion that the particular individual being stopped, that is Delaney, was engaged in any wrongdoing. The demand for specificity 
in the information upon which police action is predicated, the Supreme Court explained is the central teaching of this court's Fourth Amendment jurisprudence. And specificity is precisely what's missing here. We don't have any evidence that it was in fact Mr. Delaney who fired the gunshots. Here we have just a hunch from the police officers. And because there was no reasonable suspicion to block Mr. Delaney in and seize him, all the evidence found on him must be suppressed and cannot be used against him in the court of law and in trial. I hope you've learned a little bit more on what constitutes a seizure of a person from this particular case. If you liked it, please hit that subscribe button and the thumbs up button. If you're listening to the podcast version of this recording on Audible or Spotify, please give my podcast a five-star rating. And finally, if you want to support this channel, consider going to lostash.com and check out some of my merch, including the Do Not Arrest This Person t-shirts. Thanks a lot for watching.